Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. This week on Wealth Made Simple. We're talking about? We're talking about good debt and bad debt. And is there a difference? I don't know. Do you, you think debt can be good? Well, yeah. It depends on how you apply it. Now, I will preface this with Shaz and I are not financial advisors, so therefore, you know, everything we say is from our own experiences and from our own points of view. Um, it's not investment or financial advice. Please we're do sharing not. it for information we're purposes just, only. Yep, sharing for information purposes only. So with that out of the way. And different people have different view on debt, by the way, because some people have their own personal belief. Yeah, yeah, this is true. want to take on debt. Uh, and then, then there are also other forms of structuring debt. So you've got what people call ethical financing. Yes. Uh, also called uh, Islamic financing also, uh, which is still debt, but in a different way. So it's not debt per se. Uh, it's more where you have an investor uh, and an entrepreneur who get together but there so is more some, like a joint venture this is like a joint venture but there's still money involved in this yeah. certain responsibilities and there's certain ways that you share return so we're going to kind of include that all in here even though it's not debt per se just to keep it really kind of simple yeah okay. and, and we're not obviously uh, with all of our shows as you know Kieran, we're not endorsing interest or debt or anything else to anybody as you know we always say people need to take uh, their own advice or financial advice from somebody else and they need to obviously live according to their own values and what they believe. So we just completely agree. information on, you know, can debt be a good thing or is it a bad thing? And you always the truth somewhere in the middle, like most things. Well, I mean, I think the first thing to establish is what is debt? Because it's a word that you probably hear most days. Um, there's, you know, country's debt. There's, you know, global debt. There's, you know, and I remember when, you know, Personal debt. Personal debt. Company debt. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, financial debt, non-financial debt, emotional debt. And how does a country, for example, get into debt? They print the money. That's going to be a long conversation because we can get into quantitative easing and inflation and interest rates and, mm, yeah, and cost mean, of living crisis. That's, that's, that's going to be a long conversation. It's all right, we've got time. <laughs> no, an hour is never enough. No, an, an hour is never enough, uh, but but we, we shall try and make it fit. Um, so the, the question is, you know, good debt, bad debt, you know, what qualifies as good debt? And, you know, clearly the fact that we're doing a show on good debt versus bad debt would, you know, lead our listeners to believe and understand that we believe there is such a thing as good debt. Debt that is has a positive impact on your life, which for for a debt ideal, when you you know think about what debt is, it's yeah you know, I so I owe somebody else something. I am indebted to them 
whether it's a bank for money, whether it's an individual for, you know, emotion or, you know, something like that. I am indebted to somebody else for something they have given me. Yeah, and those people who don't like debt or don't believe in debt, they can just see this as cash flow. Yeah. They're getting money from somebody else to achieve a uh, collaborative goal, vision, mission, call it what you like. Yeah. So the first on our list of good debts, as it were, is mortgage debt. Now, the reason mortgage debt is considered a good debt is because you take out, you know, once you've got your deposit together, you take out the balance of the property as it stands at that time. And that's a key key point here for good debt is the value of a property, for example, it's a hundred thousand pound at that at the time at which you purchase it, which means your debt against the property at seventy five percent loan to value would be seventy five thousand pound. Now in ten years time you've reduced uh, if you've got interest only, then you know that's one thing. If you've got a repayment mortgage, then you'll have reduced the amount of debt you are on the property. But the key point here is that the property is an asset, and that asset has increased in value generally over the course of that time. Yeah, but it should have done. Yeah, it should have done. Yeah, course of course of ten years. So your loan to value ratio by default of the uplift in value of the property, is reduced. Plus the repayment, if you're on repayment, yeah. Yeah. So you've had to take out debt to get that property in the first place, but the longer you hold it, the smaller that debt becomes. If you're repaying it, yeah. Or or even if, if, even if it's interest only. Even if you're not repaying it because the value of the property is going up, yeah. Yeah, the value, the value of the property is increasing. I, you know, uh, I'll, you know, and I, th- I think that's, and, you know, especially if you're renting it out as a business, you know, then you're also getting cash flow, which is covering the cost of the debt. So it's not costing you anything directly apart from, you know. As long as you've got somebody in there. As long as you're renting yeah, from you. Yeah. You know, we're ignoring void periods for yeah. for, for this, this point. But so the debt costs you nothing. You've had to take it out for an appreciating asset. And you're taking some cash flow and you're getting capital appreciation, which means it's a good debt to have because it benefits you long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do, obviously do the same if you've got ethical financing or Islamic financing where you, you you borrow money from a bank. They own part of a property with you. And as you make the repayments every single month, then you are taking more ownership of a property over a certain period of time. Yeah. So that works too. Same thing in a different way. Yeah, same same, same yeah. thing, and different it's not interest per se, but you know, whether you want to call it debt or not, it is debt in a roundabout way. Just yeah. keep it simple. Just to keep, yeah. yeah. And, and this, is, this is, like we said earlier, just an overview. It's yeah. not a deep dive yeah. you know, or anything like that. Um, so after that, I've got on my list student loans. Okay. Yeah. Now, why is a student loan good, considered good debt? Well, it helps you get through your studies to some extent. Yep. 
and uh, get a qualification at the end usually ends up being a bachelor's degree but it could be something else uh, and it's got you somewhere and then you're in a position to be able to or you're qualified to apply for jobs yeah I mean uh, and then you've got income coming in and you can, you can pay off but I'll say that's good debt and bad debt see the reason I've got it on the good debt list is because if I for example wanted to be a lawyer or a doctor or an astrophysicist yeah all of these I thought you wanted to be an undertaker or an undertaker I don't think you need a qualification I don't know you might do um but those sorts of no I talk about WWF <laughs> the undertaker uh not, not what you mean you, w- you mean WWE well okay Show your age there. I started. <laughs> <laughs> I still call HSBC Middle Bank. Yep. Um, but yeah, so so any of those sorts of perceived high end jobs, and I say perceived because obviously with you know what we've understood, but to be a doctor, you need a doctorate. You need a medical degree. If you had to pay from the start for your education. At university without the help of a student loan we could potentially see far less people coming through the ranks of university learning these sorts of professions because it becomes prohibitively expensive because people don't have access to money what would get the education yeah those who are well off wealthy rich comfortable will yeah and which makes the divide even bigger and that becomes unfair yep yeah so being able to take that debt on as a student and then garner myself a position as you know learning law becoming a lawyer learning you know medicine becoming a doctor these sorts of things allows me to then enter the workplace as a more valuable individual to generate a higher income so it benefits me again long term and a lot of these things and you'll notice a recurring pattern with with good debt is it's it's not about the here and now it's about the long term benefits i guess what i where i was coming from there kieran is two things really is every now and then i told somebody says, i've got a student loan and i'm not paid it off yeah uh and some of them seem to be pleased about that by the way yeah it always amazes me when, well uh, i i know me by the way i do, uh, i don't have a student loan and i've never had a student loan so I can't attest to this as as gospel, but from what I understand from what other people have told me is if you haven't paid back your student loan after a period of time, it gets wiped off. Now, I'm happy to be wrong about that, but that is what I've been led to believe. I'm not too sure. I think it stays there as far as I know. I had someone, I, I paid it pretty, pretty quickly, by the way. I just wanted to, I was, I was grateful for the loan. Yeah, uh, and paid it off. Uh, but in those days, we also had grants as well. But so some people don't pay off, so it's a cost. Yeah, uh, to whoever's underwriting it. In this case, the government in a roundabout way, and the taxpayer. And then, in terms of bad debt, it's people, especially nowadays. Uh, 
the loans are much bigger than what they used to be. Yeah, they are. Uh, when you and I were younger, and so people taking out thirty, forty, fifty thousand pounds, which is like a mortgage, and then they either don't go into a job or the profession they wanted, and five years, five years later, they they've still got that uh, around their neck, uh, and it just carries on. Yeah, so, and I guess that's partly okay. Did they make use of it? What do they do with it? Circumstances, and some people can, some people can't. Uh, but they've got debt, and then when they're applying for loan funding, whatever, so okay, you've got a student loan, you've already owed fifty grand or whatever, you've not paid anything off. That affects your kind yeah. of uh, credit profile. I, I also I also think that okay, it can be a good and bad thing. I also think that a lot of employers, and this is this is a fault of the system, I believe, um, ask for degrees that are unnecessary. Yeah, I do think there are jobs where experience is better than a degree in every sense of the word you know and there are a lot of employers out there that go must have degree level qualification and i look at some of those roles and i go yeah but why why does for example a bricklayer need degree level qualification no what a bricklayer needs is an apprenticeship and real world experience because it's a physical job the good old white yes scheme you know oh yts yts youth youth training scheme oh youth training yes yeah yeah, yeah. before your time you see it, you, a you, little you, bit you were born a few years too late okay some uh, people will tell you i was born a century too late <laughs> but you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then then that then became an apprenticeship yeah, and apprenticeship, it, it, yeah. It, it, these things change names or but, or, or but it taught you it taught you practical skills and i think apprenticeships um but again the flip side kieran if you were to it's about discipline it's about commitment going away for example you know living independently learning and then having the ability to be in an environment where uh sitting down and studying may not be the main priority if you know what I mean because there's other distractions and demonstrating you can do it uh demonstrate your certain type of individual would be some people's argument but i agree with you overall uh if you if you're 18 years old for example and you've done a levels let's just say are you better off going into employment uh going down an apprenticeship route as opposed to going to university and then being burdened with all that debt that we're talking about and the rest uh versus getting a job and getting experience now of course if you want to be a doctor dentist and certain other professions, professions where you have to have a qualification totally understood but for the majority yeah. No, because the a lot of people that I've m- have met and meet Kieran, who are at the top of uh, their game, okay, the food chain, call it what you like, don't have a degree. No, go figure. Well, I mean, famously, Elon Musk does not have a degree. Richest, one of the richest men in the world. I don't know if he's still the richest man. Might be, but anyway, does not have a degree. Yeah. Um, but he's a totally different story. He was there and then yeah, chose not to. But, but most don't even. Go there, but his response was when you know asked about his degree or lack thereof. No, I don't have a degree, but the people who work for me do. Well, you, yeah, yeah, from um, Harvard, Yale, yeah. so and so, yeah. MIT, whatever. Yeah. Exactly, and they're the ones work. They are the ones doing the direct work. He's he's you know owner of the company, he's CEO. He's you know he's right, and he's right, but he recognizes that. Some people need practical experience and practical work. Other people, for different roles, you know, you you want you want to learn rocket science. 
chances are you need a degree. You're not going to do that. Unless you're Elon Musk. Yeah, he pays people. <laughs> he pays people with, with you know. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? It, yeah. you, things like that. But you want to do, for example, what I do on a day-to-day basis. There are degrees out there that can teach you some of that. But I guarantee you that experience matters more in a live environment. Yeah, and and that's just the truth of the situation. So, I mean, yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. Student loans, good and bad. Yeah. Um, Same with mortgage to some extent, because if you can't give up your payments and things go wrong and you go bankrupt yeah. and blah, blah, blah. So anything can be good or bad. As you know, True. there's no such thing as good, as good or bad. It's based on perspective. Yes. But now we're going down the world of ethics and morality. So let's get back to good or bad. Let, let's get back. Yeah. Bringing us back on track nicely. Um, business loans for growth. You know, small businesses often don't have the cash flow straight away to invest in technology or get started in new markets or, you know, things like that. Invest in marketing or yeah. buy new equipment or upgrade equipment or buy a larger premises, yeah? Yeah, and when you, if you take out a small business loan, for example, and then you can then afford to do those things, you can see and you use that money strategically and sensibly, you can use that money to grow your business to bigger, better things. Yeah, and you employ more people and you make more profit, you pay more tax, uh, you spend more money with your suppliers. Yeah. It's you, a win-win, isn't it? You, you, you add, you use it to add processes and streamline your your structure so that everything is about cash flow and working working for you rather than against you. And you add a huge amount of value to the local and national economy. Yeah. Maybe exactly. even international if you're working uh, abroad. Exactly that. And and so, yeah, there's all, there's always that. Um, yeah, alongside that, you know, investment loans, borrowing to invest in income-generating assets. We kind of touched on that with mortgages, mm-hmm. but mortgages aren't quite – mortgages, you can have a mortgage for your own home, and that's still a growing asset versus an investment loan, which – Is it good debt, though, to have a mortgage on your own home, or is it better to rent? We're talking about debt here and renting. We, we will do a show um, – I know we've discussed it um, – previously on on other platforms but we will do a full deep dive on actually could you could you sell your home that you currently have a mortgage on and use that to finance you have enough equity yeah start a business venture start a business venture no debt um rent your house sorry rent the house that you're going to live in or rent a house and then get your business to to, obviously fund the rent yeah we're we're, good to go and that for, especially for people who say, I don't want any loans or debt or interest, you know? Well, Could be. Here's a good solution. We'll, we'll, we'll take a look at that on another show in more depth. Um, and the thing with, you know, investment loans is it also in, encompasses not just things like rental properties, but, you know, um, like stocks and shares, blue chip investments, Stuff that you can actually get an actual ROI on, return on investment, and or the amount you put in. A JV partner, because you can use those funds and to, uh, to to invest in others. Yeah, and you can, let's say you're paying five percent, for example. Yep. Doesn't matter what the rate is, and then you give somebody and you you can borrow hundred grand, and you give that to somebody and you do a fifty fifty JV, and you're going to earn fifty percent of a particular uh, 
transaction mm-hmm. and you're paying 5% to the bank and the 50% should be, in this particular example, more than the value of the 5% you quit in. Yeah, yeah, you really are. You've got to fund the 5% while the 50% is coming back because okay. all these things take time. It crystallizes, but, but you know, it works. It, it's potentially possible. So yeah, so so that's so a, that's what banks do, don't they? Yeah, that's exactly money what money markets and pass them on. Yeah, so so that's that's a brief overview of of good debt. So now, what do we consider bad debt? You know, aside from you know, some people say all debt is bad debt, but what do you mean you know, we? You and I, between us. Oh, we're a team now, are we. We've always been a team, have we not? Oh, you must have thought we have different views here. We are allowed different views. Yeah. Oh. I thought I was a good cop and you a bad cop. I mean, has that why, changed? Why am I always the bad cop? I don't know. I, thought, I just always thought I, I was Luke and you were Darth Vader. That's what we were talking about on the way here, weren't we? Or I mean, I'll have take you, that. Have, have we changed roles and you want me to be Darth? Abs- absolutely not. I yeah, will, there, there I will happily yeah. take on the role of Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. We, I'm only doing what you wanted, Kieran. And, and, and I appreciate you all the more for it. There you go. Yeah, you know, which, which is nice. Um, so yeah, so bad debt is you know generally debt that doesn't serve you in any way, shape, or form. And anything and can be bad debt if it's not used properly. Yeah, yeah, and and that like that's, bounce back loans and we were with the horror stories where people took yeah. loans and bought a car for themselves and went on a holiday and. On some kind of a bin somewhere, and, and when it's over to be soon, they can't pay it back. You know, and then it all go all goes horribly, horribly and it's wrong. It's costing us money. Yeah, it is the taxpayer. Some people say all debt is bad debt, as we you know touched on earlier. Um, but and any debt used irresponsibly is, I would say, bad debt. So, so the question is, what defines bad debt overall? know money that you are given that you have to pay back to use irresponsibly yeah i i would say that classifies as bad debt sometimes it's situational isn't it it is somebody has a credit card and they've got a job and they're doing okay and then they get laid off and now they've maxed out their credit card and they owe five thousand pounds and they're charging whatever let's call it 25 percent uh interest and before you know it they can't pay it off Everything, yeah. everything was fine four years ago when they got that card, and now it's become bad all of a sudden. Yeah, I, but generally speaking, generally speaking, uh, apart from those situations and circumstances, or when a business deal goes wrong, somebody buys some equipment and they've got two or three good contracts, uh, and then all of a sudden those contracts disappear. Either those companies go go bust or something changes, and now now they've got the equipment and they've got not many clients left or customers left. They can't make a, a keep good those repayments, or so it becomes bad. So apart from those situations, uh, and yeah. no one knows the unknown or what's going to happen in the future. Uh, I think generally what we're talking about is when you, when you take money and you don't use it in the way that you said you would do, or, yeah. or utilize it in the best way that you should have done. Yeah, like for example, consumer credit card debt. I consider that bad debt. Now you can use consumer credit card on you know those zero percent cards to pay for things like education and stuff like that. And then it becomes in that middle ground of maybe it's good, maybe it's better. Yeah, but the offer is 0% because I know the majority aren't going to pay back in time. Yeah. And they're going to make money. And if you can then, you know. But if you're disciplined enough. Use whatever you've paid to make it back. Go for it. Go for it. Fill your boots. But in generally, 
accumulating high interest credit card debt for non-essential purposes. And, and, that, and that's the key thing. Um, and we remember being told once that I would rather... Only once? Well, you know, I was told by someone, I can't remember who, I would rather pay twice as much for something when I can afford it yeah. than pay half as much for it when I've got to put it on debt. Yeah. And that's, that's re- when think about that. That's, that's really strong. It makes sense. Yeah. I, you know, something costs, you know, 100 pound, for example, and, you know, it's in the sale. It's 50 pound. But I've got to put it on debt, and that's going to cost me 25% on debt each month. And half the time, it's on 50 quid. I don't need it, but I'll buy it because it's cheap. Yep. And then you don't, don't use it anyway. But later on, when I've got the money, because I've invested smartly, I've been sensible with my money, I've got, it's now 200 pound because, you know, inflation and all the rest of it. Okay, well, I can afford it now. I don't mind paying the £200. Oh, yeah, but a year ago, Kieran, it was £100. Yeah, but I couldn't afford it at £100. I couldn't afford it at £50. It's discipline, isn't it? Well, it's all about discipline. It is, yeah. And that's the thing, a lot of it. And, I mean, the other thing is, and this does fascinate me and scare me in equal measure, is I have a credit card. And I've had it since I was 18. Mm-hmm. Someone agreed to let me have a credit card at 18. Oh, and those people used to be naive, especially those bank managers and all those systems. No, they uh, were naive. They know yeah. what 18-year-old... And But I got it for emergencies. Emergencies only. That's what it was for. Yeah. You know? Okay, fine. But if somebody gave you a credit card when you were 18, they must have been naive, Kieran. Would you have given yourself a credit card at 18? Absolutely not. There you go. Yeah, that, that's just crazy talk. But I got this credit card. You tricked them, you mean? I, I, I did everything about boarding. Yeah. I was honest about everything. You told them what they wanted uh, to hear. Isn't that how you get a credit card? I have no idea. Um, and, yeah. yeah so for the, fir- for the first three months, I was super disciplined. Yeah. 18 years old, credit cards for emergency use only. You know, when I want to go movie, movie have some popcorn. Emergency. On the way there, I'll have a go, I'll go with some food, have a beer yeah. or whatever, yeah? That, was that one an emergency for you? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Well, in your case, whiskey, not beer. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. yeah, just for emergency. And, and that, that's how it was always going to stay. Then I met this girl. Wanted to impress her, so we went out for dinner. Well, that can go on the credit card. I can pay, back, pay that back. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. She's going to be worth it. I mean, Turns out, yeah. You know, of course, you're going to marry her and you to take her to your, you know, uh, parents and, you know, yeah, and then, that and good and Jewish upbringing that you've obviously had and, 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 and your mum and dad were going to be impressed with you. And, and then, we'll, they'll, then we'll find out that, that you know, no, 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 Kieran's not that sort of boy, okay? He, he's not the forever type, okay? Sorry. But that's your fault, not hers. Oh, yeah, clearly it was my fault. Um, mm. and, and it probably was my fault, looking back. Mm. Um, but I wanted to be the man to impress. And so I spent excessively. Now ask me how I paid that back. How did he pay it back, Kieran? Like he another credit card. <laughs> that initial amount that I spent, and because I'd done it once, it became easier, it became easier, it became easier. Everything became... Uh, so you know, last remember, just put yeah. the card on this, you know, yeah. chip and pin or just sign or whatever. Sign it, yeah. Um, and... 
I paid back the minimum amount. Five pounds or whatever. Yeah, or whatever it was at yeah. the time. And I didn't have, you know, a huge you know, amount that I could spend on that credit card. Um, but I, I paid back a minimum amount. And that minimum amount kept getting bigger. Even when I stopped using the credit card, that minimum amount kept getting bigger. Um, and it took me, I want to say, six years to pay back what was initially maybe £1,500. Not a huge amount of money mm. by, by modern standards. It happens to me to you all the time. But six years yeah. to show off when I was 18. I was 24 when I cleared that credit card for the first time. Costly mistake, isn't it? Very, you, very costly mistake. If you learn from it, it's worth it. You know, and I still have that credit card. It's got, it gets two sets of fuel put on it each month and it gets cleared each month. You've learned from experience. That's it. Um... You know, if I want something else at 0% and it's got to go on a credit card because, you know, it's got to, you know, I will put something, once I've saved up the money to pay for something, if I want to pay for a flight, for example, because of the security credit cards offer, I'll put it on the credit card yep. and then pay it back straight away. But I'll save up the money first. Yep. So that interest never hits me. That's what I learned from that experience. But... Consumer credit cards on thing, frivolous things you don't need, like meals out. You know. Avoid if you can. I can't be bothered to cook tonight. Let's get takeout. I'll stick it on the credit card. Avoid if you can. Because mm. that... It mounts up? In my opinion, it mounts up quickly. We'll talk about that on another show as well in terms of money discipline and having different pots and jars and bank yep. accounts. And, yeah. Managing that. Sant. Yep. It's one of my favourite accounts. Mm. Yeah. Save and never touch. Absolutely. Um, now, another one is payday loans. Horrible. Horrible Overall, things. I mean, some people might desperately need some money for whatever reason, but generally... Horrible. When you look at the interest rate on those, it's in the thousands of percent. I don't understand, from, from just from a personal ethical point of view, how you can justify charging someone that amount of desperate. interest. They're desperate and people are taking advantage. It is on that one I agree with absolutely you. taking advantage of people in bad situations, yeah. and I think it's horrible. It is. And I think that people should never, I, I, I think they should die the same way as the dinosaurs. They should just disappear, mm. be consigned to history. They won't be because people use them. Unfortunately, some people have to. They feel mm. they have to. Because the criteria for getting them, because it's such a high interest rate, is, is more lax. Is more lax. Mm. But it puts people in a worse position. Much and worse. Much worse. And I think the, the, and there is a few companies out there that allow you to take an advance on your pay. I don't know. I've seen those. Bad idea. For, for a monthly interest fee on your next month's pay. Now, what's interesting... It's like about, gambling, in a way, if you think about it, because what happens is, once you're in there, and, you know, some people who are into gambling that sometimes you talk to, they say, oh, I'm 
three grand down. As soon as I make that, I'll be, you know, I'm going to stop. How long has it been? Oh, eight years. Yeah. And three grand is a low number, by the way. Some of the figures I've heard. Oh, Much astronomical. Bigger. But they always make, look to make it back. Same with here, you know. When I catch up with all my debts and I've paid everything off and then I'm going to yeah. get... But you're not. Because this is it's like a vacuum, mate. It, it sucks you in. And to get out, it's going to be very, 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 very difficult. difficult. Yeah. And the things with... So I, I looked into this and at the extreme end, and this absolutely terrified me, but the company that I looked into will let you take out, as a loan... 75% of next month's salary. 75%. Mm. And they're charging you interest on that. You better believe it. Then the following month, if you do the same, you are now working for free. It is akin to indentured servitude. It is modern slavery. Because you'll never get out of that. No. You do it twice at 75%. You're stuck in that business for life, owing them your salary. But they're getting rich, aren't they? Oh, yeah, somebody else is getting rich. Mm. But it, you better believe it's not you. And you are just getting deeper into that hole. And deeper and deeper and deeper. Stay away. Stay, yeah, absolutely stay away. Now, I know someone who started down that road and, you know, thankfully, we managed to you know, help them out and get them out. But I think it's, it's always a problem, Kieran, if you, and again, every situation is different, by the way, and yes. somebody might call in and say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm in this particular boat and, and you don't fully understand. So, and they'd be right uh, in the sense that we, we don't understand every single situation because we've not been in every single situation. But no, true. generally speaking, if you're taking a loan to meet your expenditure, there's a problem. Yeah. Like I said, right now, the cost of living crisis, everything else, understand people are going through difficulties. Th- there okay, are difficulties. We've got clients and people, you know, family members, friends, etc., who are going through some similar challenges. But if you're doing that, you've got a problem. Just like if you're now, let's say you've got some debt to pay and your parents have left some inheritance and they've, let's say, left you a watch, uh, a couple of paintings, let's just say, okay, a uh, few the bits, maybe a, a property and some stocks and shares. And now you're selling those to meet your daily living expenditure. Bad idea. Because once you've sold all that stuff, how are you gonna... a, a, how are you going to fund your stuff self going forward? B, once you've sold it, you'll probably never be able to get that back. No. That makes sense. So, so using debt to repay debt in a roundabout way or obligations or costs is a really bad idea. Like I said, sympathize with people who are going to that situation where they have they've got no, no option. But... Generally speaking, quite a few people do it just as a matter of course, don't they? Because they're mm. used to it because they like the... Well, debt's the, a way of life, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. They like uh, the champagne caviar lifestyle, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Champ- champagne taste, beer money. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the thing that overall, things like that, um, I think, y- yes, yeah, stay away from if you can. If, if understand that there is always another way. Yeah, if you look hard enough, yeah. If you look hard enough. It might not be an, as easy an option as some of the ones that present themselves. Yeah, but th- there are other yeah. methods. There are other ways. And when when you're looking at, you know, how long it's going to take you to pay back or, you know, how deep into this rabbit hole are you going to get, you know, just remember that when if you can avoid getting into that rabbit hole in the first place, 
you know, I mean, I was lucky, you know, I know this, but one credit card, one loan, and, you know, the loan lasted five years. It was for a car. I knew the exact amount I was paying each month. Didn't bother me. I knew I was getting charged for it. Fine. But you had the, the discipline to... But I had an education. That. Yeah. But, I mean, just as a side note, for people who are struggling, there's Citizens Advice Bureau, Deadline, and there's other yeah. organizations you can reach out there who can help and assist you to get at that problem without getting into a deeper problem. Yeah. And, I mean, you hear about all these rag-to-riches stories of people who were 50, 60, 70,000 pound in debt, and now they're multimillionaires. And you're hoping that if you get, you know, if you invest in... Yeah, with don't put the part in, in, get in debt first, and then yeah. you know, I hope that, that you know, that's it's, the first step to get to where they are. But yeah, there are people out there, and, and you know, yeah. we've got clients we know who were uh, in debt, and then they've gotten through that. Cause the lessons that they've learned and the difficulties and being in that place told them, I don't want to be here, and I'm going to do everything I can now to self-educate, work hard, yeah. and do what needs to be done. To get out of to this make deep sure dark that place. I'm never there, there again. Yeah. Well, it's like they the, didn't make it worse. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's it's like the first first class analogy, and I think it might have been you that told me this, or it might have been slightly before. But if you can afford to go f- fly first class just once, just once, do it. Absolutely. Because you'll never want to fly economy again. And you will find ways yeah, to make enough money to justify paying first class again. Or business class, yeah. Or business class, yeah. yeah. Um, which or I even thought, premium economy, by the way. Yeah, which I, th- which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's your payday loans, high interest credit cards, bad loans, bad debt. Um, non-asset-backed personal loans. Now, that's a mouthful. So these are loans for, you know, people take the money. Pay for your next holiday. Yeah. You know, uh, I want a holiday. I want to go. I haven't been on a holiday for so long. What do you mean since last year? Well, yeah. And I'm going to. Seems like ages forever. I'm going to take a loan out to to, to, to go on holiday. Okay. Well, how much is that loan going to be? It's only going to be a small loan, only £5,000. I don't know about you, but five thousand pounds is a lot of money, especially just for a holiday. Especially when you haven't got it. Yeah, even more when you don't have yeah. it. Yeah. Um. And that's yeah buying, and this goes back to what we were saying earlier about paying for things you can't justify or can't afford at the time. Unfortunately, and this is this is the ap- antithesis mm-hmm. of this consumer economy that we're in is if you can't afford it, don't consume it. I know people want to go on holiday. You want to, you know, relax. You want to, you know, take Instant some time gratification, back. my friend. People want stuff now. Life too short. I might not be here tomorrow, so I might as well enjoy it. And people have bought into that way of thinking, haven't they? And that one... Nice drop line until you get into debt. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's great. You know, great and, until... Yeah, you know, all works well in theory. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. You know, do you need to go to you know Costa del Sol? Do you need to go to Hawaii? Do you need and and 
I use the word need. You know, I can take time off and be at home. It's nice to be somewhere different. Don't get me wrong. It absolutely is. I love a good holiday. I think if you can afford it, yes. But if you're, and, or if you're going to work hard, like we're talking about the first class, business class, premium calling, whatever, where you're going to either save or have an you know, extra job or work hard and to earn a bonus or whatever you're going to do or, such, or some kind of, you go on some kind of a, a mission where you start selling stuff online or doing something which gets you an extra additional uh, stream of income, fine. If you can break your back and get into debt and borrow money from family friends or credit cards or some of the payday loans or whatever else, to satisfy that itch, okay, don't do it. Let it itch. It's a bad idea. Be patient. I mean, I'm, I am one of those people that enjoys a holiday, but I don't go very often. I went on holiday, big holiday, to America in 2006. I didn't go on holiday again until 2014 when I went to New Zealand. I didn't go on holiday again since then until 2022. When I went to Spain, yeah, you know, those are some big jumps in time between big you know, breaks, yeah, between going away. And did I enjoy those holidays? Yes, I did. Do I wish I could do them regularly every year, every other year? Yes, I do. Of course, I do. You know, but it was eight years: 2006, 2014, then eight again, eight again, 2014, 2022, so 2030 is the next one then. 2030 is the next one. I I would like to go away sooner. I think, I think you got before then. Well, I mean, I'm not on my own anymore, so, you know, it's not just my decision. Yeah. But those places... That you I mean went, you ask a cat if she, she wants to go on holiday with you? Yeah, of course I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point, the point is, I couldn't justify going every year because I couldn't afford it. So I saved up and I went somewhere really nice. I went somewhere really big. Hmm. And it was amazing. Again, discipline, isn't it? You know, but I couldn't go regularly. And that's, that's what I say about, you know, understanding where your debt is. Um, Any other bad debts? Other bad debts. Yeah. Unsecured debts. And, you know, these include, you know, your credit cards, your personal loans, all the things like that. If, there is more going out of your account than there is coming in, which I have met people like that. Mm-hmm. You know, All the time. That, that the money comes in, the rent goes out. Sometimes not There's even... more all, months left after the money, yet. Yeah. Well, sometimes not even their bills go out before the credit card goes out and the loans go out. And then they've got nothing left. So they're now living on their credit card again. Or, you know... Downward spiral, isn't it? Just adding to the problem. And... I personally don't think that the institutions within this country do enough to prevent that from happening to people. I, I think that there could be more done and people need to... It should be harder to get a credit card. It should. It should be harder to get a loan. And I know people don't necessarily want to hear that because... but understand, it's not easy to access it here. Yeah, but understand that it's not free money. A loan is not free money. Far from it. Yeah, it's... Yeah, and also to a, to a small degree, overdrafts. You know, someone someone that I know, especially uh, the ones that haven't been pre-agreed. Yes, but someone that I know, they have a pre-agreed overdraft, 
And when I asked them, you know, we were discussing money and finances. And I said, you know, so how much do you have? Well, I've got about £400 left for the month. Like, okay, what's the actual figure in your account? Oh, it's minus, you know, £300. So, you, so you've got no money left for the month? Oh, no, because the overdraft is £700. I'm sorry, what? Exactly, there you go. You don't, you, no, 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 there's, there's you, a minus figure yeah, there. You're making your worse, yeah. There's a minus figure there. You don't have £400 at all. You've got nothing. Yeah. You're already in the minuses. So, you know, you should probably think about working to, but it's that mindset. Yeah. Because it's there, I can use it. And because it's there, I should use it. And they're, well, they're willing to be using it for different reasons. Yeah. You know. Fancy a takeaway. There's four liquid there. I'll use £20, whatever the figure might be. Yeah. And Temptation. The temptation is strong, and a lot and a lot of people do struggle with it. And some of those loans, people end up giving personal guarantees, and they they can't yeah. make keep up with repayment. And then if they own a house or something else, yeah, you're putting it at risk. Is it worth it? No, is the answer. The answer is always it's always no. no. And finally, another big one is depreciating assets. Things like you know luxury cars have a tendency. To drop in value the second you drive them off the forecourt. Buying a brand new car drops in value the second you drive so it off so the forecourt. So you think we can't buy a helicopter, yacht, or, or a plane then? Not unless you can afford it. Okay. And So lease it then? Yes. And we'll get into that maybe on another show. Lease options and leasing things and how to justify your expenditure and how to mitigate liabilities versus assets. We'll get, we'll get into that on another show. But fundamentally on things like this is... When you are a poor person can give the impression they are wealthy for a very short period of time. Wealthy people can look like they've got a low to medium income forever. For a long time, yeah. yeah. And that's generally what happens. And you that's look, why they're wealthy and smart. And that's generally why they're yeah, increasing their smart, wealth. Smart in the way that they go about stuff, as, as opposed to being yeah. smart in the person who's not yeah. pe- 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 People are often very interested in, got to have the Gucci bag, got to have the design of this, got to have the design of that. Keeping it with the Joneses. And it's unnecessary. I promise you it's unnecessary. No one's going to remember, oh, you're that man with the, uh, the uh, Armani suit. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. You know, oh, you've got a really nice suit. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cost me 15, you know. 150 quid, so as opposed to... 15 pounds, I want to go there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cost me 150 quid versus, you know, 10 grand. It's exactly the same. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.